Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Would you like to talk about Marco? I would fucking love to talk about Marco. Good, because this is a Marco episode. I mean, the other kids are in it too, but it's Marco. It's the Marco Marco show. Marco does the introduction. He does. But more importantly than that, we got to hear the theme song for the first time. Oh, yeah! <laughs> we did! It's amazing! I love the theme song. It's so quintessentially 90s, and I love that. And I've had the song stuck in my head for, like, three days. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, all 90s shows were like this. There's, like, a post-grunge sort of new metal song playing, and then, like, each of the characters kind of, like, jumps in, and it has, like, their actor name underneath, and, and there's, like, you know, a montage of, like, the show happening at the same time, and there's lots of, like, overlaying and shit. Yes. Um, so, yeah. You're totally right about the characters jumping in and doing, like, their one move. <laughs> that is so nice. They all kind of, like, turn their heads towards the camera. And they do it kind of like in beat with the music. Oh man, I just, I love that kind of opening. I love it. (laughs) What I really love about it is that you can tell that this isn't a comedy because they don't smile after turning their heads. Yeah. They do like a cheesy like shoulder, like head to shoulder kind of thing. Yes. They all look serious. And that's how you know this is a serious TV show and not a comedy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I thought it was interesting. So each of the kids does their like headshot thing and there's like an animal behind them. And Mm -hmm. I was noticing quite a bit of difference from the battle morphs in the books i'm assuming that's because they couldn't get like a gorilla and an elephant and <laughs> <laughs> yeah they seem to have a bit of a shortage on animals yeah so like jake's a tiger that's fine rachel's a lion marco's a wolf i guess i guess i guess i don't know and then cassie is a Cassie's horse, a horse. <laughs> which is a terrible battle morph <laughs> I don't think that stays her battle morph. I think that's just her intro as, like, this was the prominent animal she first morphed into. Gotcha, gotcha. And then Tobias, of course, is a Harris hawk. (laughs) Is it the wrong kind of hawk? The wrong kind of hawk. Like, how mad do you think, like, when they first showed it, I'm assuming, like, they did an advanced screening for Catherine and Michael, and they're like, we're going to show you, because obviously this is, like, your IP, and we want you to, like, watch this. How pissed do you think they were when she walked up with a Harris hawk? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, that is incorrect. <laughs> How the fuck could you do that? Like, come on. Oh How could you do this? There has to yeah. be a reason. You have to fucking import that Harris hawk. You are filming uh-huh. in Canada. Uh-huh. You had to get that motherfucker across the border. You were just trying to big dog me in a way that 99% of viewers will never know you're trying to big dog them. <laughs> They will only know you are wrong. <laughs> Hang on. I had a thought, though. Okay. 
I will have to look up the laws because I do not know the Canadian versions of these laws off the top of my head, but it could be that the restriction was harsher on native species than foreign mm. species, and that might be why they have a Harris hawk. Interesting. That would make sense, I think. Harris hawks are native to, like... The southern United States. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think no. it was an accessibility thing, honestly. Yeah, I think that's what they had on hand, and, like... That's... The kids won't know the difference. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll Google those laws tonight and see what's up. See if I can okay figure it out. <laughs> like how in episode one we were like, "Oh yeah, this is a Harris hawk." We've talked about this. Like we're not gonna go over it again. And in this episode, we're just like, <laughs> "Fuck it, they were so wrong." We're going over it again. Fuck this shit. <laughs> oh, we restrained ourselves. No more. For three episodes, for four hours, we've been sitting on our hands. And finally, like the children in the marshmallow experiment, we have reached out and grabbed that marshmallow and we are eating it. And when you all come back into the room and say, I thought I told you not to touch that marshmallow, we're going to lie to you with our mouths full and say, we didn't touch a marshmallow. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Holy shit. I just dominated that. I am so sorry. Nope. Would you like to get into the episode? <laughs> sure. Let's talk about our good boy, Marco. So, Marco. Oh, this episode's called The Underground. And it fucked me up a little bit because I remember the book, The Underground, with the moles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and it was not that. It was not that. In fact, it's a continuation of, of book one, basically. So, Marco. Marco's yes. walking. He's walking towards the camera. He's walking in a boring suburban neighborhood, and he's launching into his, my name is Marco. I used to be a regular kid. Blah, 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 blah. Not going to go over it. We all know what he said. Um, yes. Nothing too noteworthy about this uh, first couple of shots. Um, there might be some slow-mo sandwiches. I don't know. Um, there were like six in a row, and I thought for sure you were going to call it out. But he didn't have a montage of walking past several people glaring at him. So I didn't... No. I just saw houses and they were all super boring. It was literally like a slow... Like a quick house shot, slow blur on the house, quick house shot. But like six times. Yeah. Ugh. But he finally rolls up to a boring house with a basketball hoop. So it's (laughs) a little less boring than the other houses. Um... And I think we can deduce that this is Jake's house because we know they like basketball. Um, He knocks on the door, which is, like, open. It's just kind of the glass door. I don't know why he didn't just walk in, but whatever. Um, And (laughs) then we get this shot of him from behind. And there's a really intense, like, zoom slow-mo sandwich. And then he, like, spins around really fast. And Tom's like, hello, you looking for Jake? (laughs) And it's so fucking creepy. Which I think and is what they were, were going the for. why were the shots, like, so close on their face, too? Again, all the close-ups, way too fucking close. So close. Uh, uh. So Tom's there, and again, he looks like a 35-year-old man. Um. He's like 100 years old. <laughs> he is older than me right now. Like, I get it, the kids are older, they're, you know, late teens, but Tom should be, like, 20 like 20 21 22 tops but he's like an ancient man he's like he could be the elemist from the cover of the (laughs) elemist chronicles he's so old that long flowing beard that he has (laughs) (laughs) he's an ancient man he is 
Uh, oh, he I should be retired, not acting. <laughs> Sorry. I have a lot of complaints about Tom in this in this particular episode, actually. Is are like all of them about his hair because those are my top ten. <laughs> his hair's pretty bad and honestly I wasn't a fan of the actor, I think. Like I know I, I made a big stink about how all the actors were really great and they just had like a garbage script to work with, but like this guy was I don't know. Maybe it's like him trying to bring like a I'm under control and like everything I do is like under alien control. So I'm going to bring that into my role. But it just comes across as like you're not very good. It's very hammy. It's very, I don't know. It's very cartoony. Like I think the other people are playing it like we know this is a kid show, but we're not going to treat it like a kid show and this guy was like I'm an evil guy in a kids show so I'm going to be like extra big and it's like you don't need to be that big because cameras can catch subtle things like if he- I'm a bad man and you're gonna know I'm a bad man yeah it's like That's he was so trying to stage act and like be very big and th- I don't know yeah no I know what you mean he's very yeah he overdoes it I, yeah, did not care for him. That's just my opinion. Other people might think he's great, and that's fine. That's valid. But it's I don't think anyone thinks that, but okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Tom's there being super creepy. He's like, you're looking yeah. for Jake. And Marco's like, yeah, I guess so. Is he upstairs? And Tom's like, I don't know. I just got here. And I'm like, cool <laughs> script writing, you guys. <laughs> it wasn't even like, oh my god, it could have been so snarky older brother, like... I just got here too. How the fuck should I know, dude? Exactly. Like, Like, how the fuck would I know? Yeah. But instead, they're like, they're a kid. So if we just say, how the fuck will I know? The kids will be like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't he know? So they have to be like, I just got here too. It's like, no, no, no. Stop explaining things. That's what I hate the most about this show. Stop explaining it to me. Oh my god. I get it. Trust me to be smart. Yes. Oh my god. I'm going to complain about that so much later. But like, why wasn't Tom just already home? Why wasn't he. Why didn't he answer the door and be like, oh, hey, Marco. And Marco would have been like, hey, is Jake home? And Tom's like, yeah, he's upstairs. You could have just solved it. (laughs) Because they only had the budget for one room in the house, and that is Jake's room, and we will see nothing else about that house ever. (laughs) I guess. Like, I think think they were trying to establish that Tom was being creepy, but, like, I would have rather you presented Mm -hmm. Tom as, like, somewhat normal, and then, like, throughout the scene, he grows to be even more creepy. I don't know. Right. Or like completely normal, completely warm. Every, like be a wonderful older brother. And then when Marco goes to shut the door yeah. behind him in the room, have him reach up and touch his ear. Yes. Like, that's way worse. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. You've solved it. I. They should have hired me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are they doing? I mean, Jeff, <laughs> hire me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh wait. One more thing and then I'll let you continue. Okay. I do want to say right from the outset that of the three episodes we've watched so far, this one was my favorite until the end. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to you expanding on that later. I just had a lot of fun with it. Sweet. Even though it was, like, not great, I just had fun. So, anyways, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, Tom opens the door for Marco. Marco goes in, and Tom makes a really stupid face. Like, I can't describe it, but he kind of just, like purses his lips together and kind of looks up. I don't know. It was weird. I feel like the direction was, look like a hunter hunting your prey. Ugh. And that was his best estimate of it. Okay. I 
I couldn't even begin to guess. It was frightening. <laughs> and added to my dismay of the character and the actor. Um, yeah. Okay. Then we go upstairs to Jake's room, and Marco sticks his head in. The rest of the Animorphs are already there. Um, Tobias is sitting on the bed with Homer, which is so fucking adorable to me. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't tell if he's wearing shoes or not. I really hope he's not. Because um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's going to make or break this scene for me. It honestly. is. Um, yeah. Marco kind of pokes in his head and he's like, dude, we've got to stop meeting like this. And Rachel points out that they all hang out like this all the time and it would be weird if they didn't. And I'm like, okay, I don't think in the book any of you ever hung out with each other like this, but okay. And as of two episodes ago, they had really never met Tobias and he didn't hang out with them at all, but sure. Yeah, I don't know. I do like that he's sitting on the bed away from everyone and everyone else (laughs) is crowded around the computer. Like that's, that's a nice little detail, I think. But can you imagine sitting on somebody else's bed before you knew them really well? Especially with your feet on the bed. Especially with your feet on... If you're not sitting awkwardly on the edge with your ass just like (laughs) a quarter of the way on. But I think he sat on the bed in the book. I think so. But he like knew Jake better in the book. That's true. And also they were younger. There's like... When you're like younger i feel like it's a lot more acceptable to go like running in and jumping on your friend's beds and then their parents like stop jumping on the bed it's a whole thing but when you're a teenager like sitting on somebody else's bed has so many like connotations (laughs) yeah i guess and it's like their space like it's weird right yeah i would have him sit on the edge of the bed probably yeah, but no, he got in there and he got comfy. Yeah. He's like, listen, he's like taking your right dog. right up on the pillow with the dog. Getting in your bed. Petting the he dog. He was going to take a nap, probably. Yeah, he was like, oh, finally, a not shitty mattress. Finally. <laughs> finally, I'm not sleeping in a ratty old reclining chair I found on the side of the freeway. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, so the dog is there, being adorable. Oh, okay. Marco's like, by the way, Jake, your brother's home. And Jake's like, that's why I have a door, which doesn't fucking matter in a little bit, but, you know, whatever. I want to take this moment to talk about Jake's room decor, because mm-hmm. I was, I was like, pausing frantically and just, like, looking at all the posters and trying to, like, parse what this kid is interested Ooh. in. He's got a Yosemite National Park poster, which is great. I love that narrative that, like, his family okay. goes on vacations. And it's and it's a clue to where they are, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. But then it gets a little more obscure. He's got, like, a couple, like, fashion-looking ladies or, like, musician ladies. Um, he's got, like, a big color block poster of a Native American chief. And I don't know if that's, like, a reference to something. What? He's got a picture of Stonehenge. Um, he's <laughs> My favorite was he's got, like, a small poster of a lady. And then underneath is, like, a clipping from the magazine that says, Say Cheese, for some reason. Um... And then he's, like, got a garden gnome on his dresser and, like, a Rolling Stones poster. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand either. Like, I think the first half of the room with the Stonehenge and the color blocks, Chief and everything, I think that was somebody went on to all the automatically uploaded screensavers in the computer and printed them off. Uh-huh. Okay. The magazine clippings, now that's interesting. Do you think that was like a tiger beat that they cut out an article about about Sean Ashmore? And they were like, let's put this, this is meta now. If we put a Sean Ashmore clipping on the wall. Maybe. Like Easter eggs and kind then, of? Yeah, like Easter eggs. Like, here are articles about Sean Ashmore. I did not look at any of this, so this is all based <laughs> on your description. Speculation on my part. But 
Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking for the magazine clippings. But then, like, once they get to, like, the musician posters, I don't know. Well, like, one of my favorite things about watching, like, teen shows and movies is, like, looking at their rooms and their posters. Because most of the times their rooms are, like, completely extravagant. Like, no fucking kid has a room this nice. Like, they've got, like, Mm -hmm. window boxes and, like, skylights and shit. And I'm like, that's not real. Um, (laughs) But, like, I love looking at their posters and stuff. So I was just, like, inhaling all of this and just trying to figure out, like, what Jake is into. Because this is, like, the prime moment where you can insert characterization without having to be like, oh, hey, Jake, you like the Rolling Stones? Oh, yeah. Like, and I just, I didn't understand except for, like, maybe the travel posters. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the Rolling Stones was, like, a nod to, like, bands that Catherine and Michael liked. Maybe. They're like, here you go. I don't think they were that far inserted into this narrative, but I would like to think that somebody asked them. Or maybe, like, everyone has heard of and, to some extent, maybe likes the Rolling Stones, so it was, like, a safe sort of option. (laughs) I don't know. And it could just be, like, there's a box that goes around the studio that's like, here's room decor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, what can we pull that's slightly plausible for a teenage boy? I guess the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I will say that I liked what we did see of his room. Like, that looked like a fairly uh, realistic teenager's room, I think. Yes, I agree with that sentiment. But I've deep dived into this way too much, and we can definitely move on. I just, I really like set design. Um, Excellent. <laughs> I think the best part of the decor, though, is when we get a close-up of his computer monitor later, he has fucking tiger mm-hmm. stickers in the corner. Yes, it's adorable. I love that. I love that, and just to jump ahead like a few screens... I loved how bad at typing Boris was because <laughs> he acted the shit out of it, but he did not type a single coherent thing. He was just pressing ASDF over and over and over. And yes, I loved he it. was. Yes, he was. Oh my god! <laughs> He's like, this. This isn't gonna be on camera. I can just like make clicking noises. It's fine. Nope. They zoomed right in on your hand, buddy. They did. <laughs> they did you dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they betrayed me. Um. <laughs> So they're they're around the computer. Jake pulls the disc out of his pocket, hands it to Marco and says, you're the computer genius. And Marco's like, compared to you, maybe. And I'm like, okay, Jake has a computer. So <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, but Marco's a computer genius. I guess. Um, he puts the disc in the disc drive. Then we get this shot of the computer monitor. And there's some very inaccurate UI and and like text font on it like it's like super big and it's in like aerial fucking italics and this is like not what a standard computer looks like that was clearly a nod to the books casey that were written in aerial font <laughs> oh <Come> on. <laughs> i'm kidding that t- totally did not do that oh. <laughs> jesus but they were written in aerial font but they didn't go that far yeah <laughs> yes Sorry. <laughs> the um the sounds on the computer drive though were so accurate and nostalgic. Like that yes. booting noise. Oh. Oh my god, Mwah. so good. Chef's kiss. So good. Oh, the not working noise as yes. well. Yes. <laughs> oh. So good. Oh, kids these days will never know. They will never know. Uh kids are watching Marco type shit. And then ASD, 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 ASD. ASD. 
Q-W-O-P. Um, <laughs> the computer throws up an error saying it can't find the application that created the file. Somebody says try Alt-X escape or something. I don't know. It was fucking great. <laughs> Alt-X windows key. <laughs> Control out delete. Oh my God. Uh, and then the fucking computer crashes because it worked way too hard. Um, and everybody groans, and Mark was like, it worked on Independence Day. And Jake kind of smacks him on the back of the head and is like, at least they had Will Smith, which is a nice little, like, topical reference to that time period. Okay, and then fucking Tom comes and just opens the door completely uninvited, like, doesn't even knock or anything. And then he just sticks his- He didn't even fucking ask. He just opens the door and he's like, what'd you guys do (laughs) it? Fuck, like, talking about how much of a fucking creep you are, maybe. I don't know. He doesn't know if, I mean, he just doesn't know what's going on in that room, and he really should not have interrupted. Are you kids doing drugs in here? Like, <laughs> get out, Tom. This is my room. I, yeah. I was mad on Jake's behalf. I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. Door's closed. Yeah. But, like, Rachel plays it super cool, and she's like, oh, we're just cracking up. Marco actually said something funny for once, which is, like, killer mm-hmm. burn. Love that sick burn and marco can't even argue because otherwise that would blow their cover yeah so, great track so that she grins and bears it um yes then tom just kind of like nods blankly and leaves the room with the door open because it couldn't so possibly weird. get any worse so weird so- i mean from the other perspective not of tom but as jake's parents the other perspective is Five teenagers have locked themselves in my son's bedroom. Like, what the fuck is happening in there? (laughs) But from Tom's perspective, he should be like, I was I was younger a few years ago. I'll leave them be. Oh no. (laughs) I'm not implying sexual things. I'm implying like it's super weird that like five teenagers would lock themselves in a room. Maybe. Like what are they doing now? Drugs. Probably drugs. Probably smoking pot. Passing that maybe. bong around. Doing that Mary Jane. MDMA. Doing that THC. I don't know. I, they, I don't. They are rolling hard, which is, I believe ecstasy is what you roll on. I couldn't tell you. I don't drugs. I don't know. I'm just really trying to impress all of our Discord server right now who came at us so hard about the cocaine. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> pulling out every drug knowledge thing that I know. Shit. No cocaine in this episode. Sorry. They were tripping balls. Tripping balls. <laughs> Ugh. So after Tom fucking does his shit, Marco gets up and closes the door. And as Tom is going into his own room, Tom is scratching his ear. And Mar- Marco kind of like closes the door very slowly while like looking at Tobias. And <laughs> Tobias is just like, Ugh. <laughs> That's okay. That was the weirdest fucking. It was like they filmed it as if a moment of understanding had passed between them. Yeah. But Tobias, it never pays off. He never knows anything. Yeah. So I don't get it. Actually, okay. One thing I didn't like about this room is how close the door was to the opposing wall. Oh, yeah. There was like a. Well, that's like the room I'm in right now. So I can't be too harsh on it. But but the, it was because it opened inwards, yeah 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 like, into the room. That was my yeah, next point. The, the door problem. opened in, so you have like a foot of space to actually like get into the room. And there's they a coat totally rack. Installed that door backwards. Yeah. Holy shit! Whoever built that set put that door on backwards. Holy shit! Oh my god! And we already know from Boris that those guys were completely incompetent, and now it's even more so. 
I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed in the set builders. That door was absolutely backwards. But if they did install it the correct way, then we would have been able to see out into the hallway. And I don't know if they were trying to like block that because it seemed like Uh, if you exited the door and went to the left, that it was like open set that they didn't want us to see because they kept shooting around it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I guess they did it for a reason, but rooms aren't built that way. And normally I don't notice, but I definitely noticed it here. Yeah. Yeah, it was so awkward. It was super noticeable. Also, did you notice that when Tom, I I think we were supposed to believe was going into his room because he shut the door behind him, Mm -hmm. the wallpaper was like grandma wallpaper? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I noticed that so much. Like, what the fuck? I don't, maybe he's, he just likes a nice floral. I don't know. I I don't judge, but like, yeah, for as much like, care as you allegedly put into jake's room it's like okay just throw some wallpaper up it's the discount one we got from michael's i don't know i guess it was almost like i was like is this like the living room or something i thought it was his parents room that's i also thought it was his parents room but it's kind of like even weirder that he'd go into his parents room and shut the door I don't know. The whole thing was weird from start to finish. Like, even if they have an adjoining bathroom, the bathroom should have a door on it. So you shouldn't have to shut the bedroom door and the bathroom door. Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't know. It makes no sense. There was so much door work going on and none of it made sense. Like, whoever blocked out this scene was just, like, on so many drugs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, this was not terribly successful. No. (sighs) After that happens, we get the intro sequence, which we've already kind of talked about. So unless you have anything else, no, to say we about can it. we can skate right past this. It's all in your hands, okay. It's the theme song. That's all you need to know. Um, so we cut back to Jake's house. It's the outside of the house. Um, everybody kind of walks out of the front door, um, and they're kind of trying to figure out what to do next since the disc didn't work. Um, big props to Nadia in this scene because the dog is like nosing her hand the entire time and she did not bend down to pet it, which I would have and I would have ruined the take. So. But did you also notice that Nadia tripped and then saved it? No! Oh, she totally, like, she plays it super cool. It's barely noticeable, but she definitely catches her toe on the driveway and then just keeps, like, Oh my god, amazing. I did not notice that. Yes. So, good job. She's... A-plus actress right there. Good job, Nadia. You nailed that. Oh, man. I was just like, the dog was just, like, nosing her hand. And I'm like, she did not even look at that dog. Like, that's amazing. She was too focused on walking. Yes. Just a master of her craft. I know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they're trying to figure out what to do. Everyone kind of seems to be at a loss. And Jake is finally like, okay, let's just sleep on it. Like, I don't fucking know. Um, So Rachel, Tobias, and Cassie all leave. And Jake looks sadly after them like a dad who has dealt disappointing news to his kids. I'm going to keep making these references. <laughs> okay, but at the same time, did you notice that, like, not only was Sean Ashmore's, like, he was breaking out a little bit, but, like, the clothes fit him so oddly. And it was in a way that said, like, I am going through a growth spurt and this all is because I was shorter when they first, like, got my sizes. Oh, no. I just thought that's how clothes were in the 90s. They were, like, way too baggy. They were always too baggy, but he was also, like, too tall for the shirt as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just, 
everything that was going on, I'm like, oh my God, you look like such a young teen child right now. And I loved it. But like, he definitely, he looks like a little kid. And then also, how, like, they keep playing up Boris's shortness. Like, Marco is always, like, <laughs> when they're side by side walking down a hall. Yeah. It's not that bad. But whenever they do a shot where it's, like, they have, like, an above the shoulder or, like, looking up at Jake, they always overplay it and make Boris look like he's five foot nothing. Yeah. Like, he looks so tiny in so many of these scenes. Yeah. So small. But he could kill all of them because he's so fucking buff he's so buff and so small <laughs> uh, um marco picks up a basketball that it happens to be sitting by and they start that's right shooting hoops playing around um tom waltz is out of the house and jake's like hey man do you want to play marco's no challenge anymore which is like that's mean <laughs> super mean uh tom's like no, I got somewhere else to be. And Jake's kind of like, oh, okay, well. And then he starts talking to him about, like, presumably a basketball game, I guess. And I think he was trying to say something about college. like Yeah, it wasn't in- exclusively clear. But no. he's like, yeah, are they going to be college scouts there? Or are you going to go for a double triple or whatever? What does that mean? I don't know. Those are figure skating jumps. I was so lost at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do a Ugh. triple sound count? Like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, it was it was a strange conversation. But Tom is like, nah, the team's history. And then he shoots a basket and he's like, I'm going somewhere else. Marco's like, where? And Tom's like, there's a new club called The Sharing. Everyone's joining. And then he fucking just like walks away. He does like call them losers or what does he call them as he walks away he, like, he calls them clowns them a little bit away. later yes yes well like that's gonna convince them to join I, okay but then so he's like trying to walk away and jake's like wait a minute what the fuck you quit the basketball team you love basketball and tom's like not anymore there's more to life than throwing a ball at a stupid hoop you guys should join the sharing it's super cool and it's a magnet for girls and it's like okay <laughs> no Please stop talking. No. no. <laughs> and Marco and Jake have like maybe a second to respond before Tom just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, I'll see you clowns later. This is like, yeah, what this the is f- the worst fucking dialogue I've ever encountered. Ugh. I'm going to complain more about this at a later time in this podcast. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> just such a weird scene. It, it was crazy. And when he called them clowns too, I'm like, what a weird insult to use. <laughs> like, uh, this is the 90s like loser yeah. dork anything one of those. literally anything. anything but clowns i don't know this is what i realized i i didn't love tom's actor and i there was something very wrong going on <laughs> um so jake's reeling from this news he can't believe it um <laughs> and <laughs> sorry the the way you said that was fucking hilarious. Why? <laughs> he's he's really from this news. He cannot believe it. Oh, no. Sorry. I wasn't going for I'm so sorry. It was very funny the way you said that. Good. Um, so yeah, Jake's tripping. Uh, Marco's like, you know how anyone can be a controller? Jake's like, what are you saying? What are you saying, Marco? What are you fucking saying? And Marco's like, 
hey, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe he's not under his own control. It's weird that he quit the basketball team. And Jake's like, the controllers would never get to my brother. He's too smart. And Marco's like, he's not immune, you idiot. And then finally, Jake is like, you want to look at somebody who's acting weird? Maybe you should look at your father. And oh man, that's below the belt, apparently, because Marco just fucking glares at him and then leaves. And Jake is looking like, oh shit, I fucked up big time. And can we talk about how amazing both of their face reactions were in that shot? Yes. Like, that was a moment of great acting between, like, Marco being like, how the fuck could you say that to me? And then Jake being like, oh no, well, I've hurt my friend. And my favorite thing is when Sean is walking up to Marco saying, like, if you want to, you know, look at somebody who's acting weird, why don't you look at your father? He falters on the word father. Like, he already regrets what he says, but he's too, it's too late. He's already saying it. Like... The tone that he takes right before he says father is so different. And it's just, oh man, that's so good. Way to go, Sean. Yes. Way to go, both of them in that scene. That was amazing acting. Yeah. Boris's face when he looks at him is just like, oh, he knows he fucked up and you're just going to cut him to the quick because he fucked up and you both know it. Yeah. Mm. So good. So good. Yes. It's like once Tom left, it got good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tom Zachar is the one fucking them all up. I think so, honestly. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it helps that, like, Boris and Sean have really good chemistry, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that Marco didn't get to throw a blanket over Jake. Yes, Um, I thought you would be very upset (laughs) by that. (laughs) They would have had to move Tobias off the comforter, like, Tobias, move. I got this blanket. <laughs> Marco, like, Jake. rips the blanket and Tobias, like, rolls off the bed. <laughs> I would have watched that so hard. That would have been amazing. Oh, my God. And then, like, seeing their faces, too, that would have been so great because, like, Tobias would have been shocked and, like, a little hurt because he just got thrown on the floor. Rachel probably would have gone towards Tobias, like, are you okay? And then Cassie would be like... This is a very normal way that we handle situations like this. Of course we throw blankets over animals that aren't behaving. Yes. And wow, like, Marco. Good job. Good job, Marco. This is great de-escalation. I'm taking you on the next literal wild goose chase I have to go on. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, this oh. is the greatest scene that this we've is ever the... written. <laughs> Once again, they should have consulted us. The door yeah. would have, of course, had to stay closed the whole time because it is opening the incorrect direction. But right. other than that, we are yeah. solid. Just fix the door and we're good. Yes. So, are you ready for another Marco and his dad scene? Yeah. Okay, well, we're about to get one. Um, so we cut to a, CV- a TV screen that's showing an old werewolf movie. I'm. It's a very popular movie. I'm just, I have never seen it. Um, it's fine. Um, yeah. So Marco walks into his house and his dad is very, very sadly watching this movie. Um, but he looks up and he smiles and he greets his son and Marco's like, did you have a job interview today? And his dad's smile kind of fades and he's like, yeah, I canceled it. Um, I had to go down to the cemetery and put out fresh flowers for your mom. Boris's face is so good. So he's like mm-hmm. facing away from his dad and he kind of looks up and kind of rolls his eyes like, oh my fucking God, dad. But then he kind of, you know, composes himself and he's like, okay, well, you know, there will be other job interviews. And his dad kind of, like, nods, kind of noncommittally. And Marco goes to call for a pizza. And then the camera pans over to the end table where there is a framed photograph of Marco and his parents. And Marco's dad kind of looked like Lance Bass for a little bit. 
but what i don't know it's just the camera was zooming in i'm like is that lance bass that would have been very funny what if it was just like lance bass and then boris and then hit the actress that plays his mom <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> oh no oh but yeah i thought this scene was pretty good i thought it was really good like the acting was great and like mm-hmm. tonally it was very much like Marco kind of escalating, like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go? Why didn't you follow through? And then when his dad, like, throws that gut punch of, like, I had to do something more important. I had to go to the cemetery. Like, Marco immediately, like, oh, no. Like, it was almost like he brought the shit with Jake home with him. Yeah. And then, like, let it go. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, he kind of took it out on his dad a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. he, you know, realized that his dad is still going through this really hard time. And he just was like, okay, I... I'm just going to be nice to him. Like, and then he like very much fell into a caretaker mode and it was very sweet. Yeah. See, this is like, ugh, these family scenes are just such a good, like you can just accomplish so much by saying so little. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sad dad. Sad dad. Um, oh my God. Okay. This next scene. Yeah, I'm I've been dying to get to this. <laughs> oh my God. I've been dying about this. I have. I wanted so many times when we were talking about that last scene to be like, but what? Let's talk about what comes up next, though. I totally here forgot we about this now. Okay, so. <gasps> <laughs> That's so funny. We got so excited. Okay, so we cut to another neighborhood. Tobias and Rachel are walking. <laughs> Sorry, my voice just cracked. <laughs> like the teenagers themselves. Oh my god, my voice just fucking cracked. I was so excited. Okay. Tobias and Rachel are walking together, which is great. Um, Rachel's like, thanks for walking me home. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And she's like, where do you live? And he's like, well, I live with my aunt. And last year I lived with my uncle and he gets passed around a lot. And Rachel kind of, you know, says, oh, like, that must be rough. And Tobias looks very sad for a minute. And then he's kind of shrugs off. He's like, it's all right. It's fine. And then he goes to leave and she's like, so I saw this hawk flying over my house this morning. And he kind of goes, what makes you think it was me? And she's like, something about the way it flew. Oh my God. I'm already like fucking crying. I love this scene. Um, and Tobias kind of smiles and he's like, do you ever wish you could just fly away? And she kind of says, sometimes. And meanwhile, this like sappy piano music is starting to play in the background, which is great. And then they just kind of like look at each other for a minute. And then Rachel's little sister shouts, Smile! And takes a picture of them, and she's like, now you have a picture of your new boyfriend. And Tobias kind of, like, looks down, and he's like, oh, God. And Rachel's like, Sarah! (laughs) And Sarah (laughs) runs back into the house. I guess that was Sarah, not Jordan. I'm so sorry. Um, And then Tobias and Rachel just kind of, like, they're really embarrassed, and they kind of, like, smile and chuckle, and they're really cute. And I just, oh, my God, this scene. Oh, this scene. I mean, first of all, Sarah's outfit, peak 90s child. Oh like, my god, for sure. The purple, very thick fabric leggings. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I, I had those. You know the oh. vibes I got from her? No. You know the, the, the gif of the little girl who's like shaking the, the hairbrush? Yes! 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 Oh my god, she totally looks exactly like that girl, the angry yes. girl. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me break down for you what I loved about this scene. Like, so when they were first talking about where Tobias lived and it was sad, I like, I had this hesitation. I was like, oh, this is bad acting. Then I'm like, 
no, it's not. It's just they are awkward and they're playing awkward and they're playing awkward mm-hmm. so well it's making me awkward. And then, like, when it transitioned into them talking about, like, the hawk and flying over her house, I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, now they're talking about, like, work stuff. But then when they were flirting, they were so fucking cute together. Yeah. And, like, the acting of them, like, looking down, like, awkwardly and, like, smiling because they like each other, but they don't want to admit it. And then, like, Sarah says, your boyfriend. And, like, oh. Oh, my God. They they did so good. They were so good at acting that scene out. Yeah. Oh, I oh loved it God. so much. And I like that that Tobias was very like kind of vulnerable and like extra embarrassed and like Rachel was like a little embarrassed but she was also like very composed and just being like Sarah oh get out God. of here. That was the best part. After she did the Sarah get out of here, she then turned to Tobias and like got that smile on her face, like that kind of awkward, like, haha, I like you smile. But then she recovers from it and just fucking owns it. And I'm like, God damn it. Brooke is acting so much like Rachel in this scene. And it's amazing. Yes. Oh, oh I got so God. excited. That's I fucking love Brooke so much. Like she was just the perfect choice for Rachel. And I yes. love it. Oh, my God. For sure. Oh, so good. I, okay, so, like, up until this scene, I haven't really felt the Rachel Tobias thing, because, like, every time she tries to talk to him, he just kind of, like, shoves her face aside. But, like... But look over there, the plot. Yeah, <laughs> my dad is here. Um, but, like, fucking, now that they're actually interacting, I'm really excited to, like, well, I mean, he's gonna be a bird, but, like... <laughs> But just you wait. Redemption is coming. Okay. Like, I, it's like, I want to see more of this. I love this. No, they're so good together. And as much as we complain about how old Christopher looks. Christopher. Like, Christopher. Christopher. Like, as much as we complain about how old he looks, he so much played the, like, awkward, shy boy. Then it kind of took away my my preconceived notions of him because of his giant man hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I I loved this scene so much. I loved it, too. My mushy romance heart just exploded. I was like, aw. They like each other, and it's great. (laughs) Excited to see Nadia and Sean acting as Cassie and Jake. Okay. So that, not to, like, rush you along, but, like, in the next, I think it's the next scene, we immediately, like, cut to Jake and Nadia talking, and I immediately was like, well, I expect more of this now because Rachel and Tobias set the scene for me. And then we didn't get it. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought we were going to get more mushy teen romance shit. And we just got whatever is going on now. Aww. <laughs> and, and also the thing about, I believe it's the next scene. You're going to correct me in a second if I'm wrong. Um, is the next scene all of them like walking together in a group talking? No, they're at school first. Okay. With the lizards. Oh. Okay. Well, still that scene too. I'll let you talk about it. Sorry. I won't I won't jump at this anymore. But I did love this scene so much between yes. Tobias and Rachel. Oh it God. was amazing. It was my favorite scene. And this is probably why this was so far my favorite episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Robias. Robias is happening. Suck it, Jeff. Oh, Suck it. shots fired. Anyway. <laughs> We're at school. We are at school. Um... Holy shit, so many band students walking down the stairs. There's a grungy clarinet player, and I'm super here for him. Um, <laughs> your, your MVP. <laughs> my MVP, my favorite NPC character. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a clarinet or a trumpet, but like... Doesn't fucking matter. 
Anyway, the trumpet player, he's leaving. There's other band students. Marco is walking among them. He goes around the corner and Chapman is there and Chapman sees him. He turns around and tries to leave, but Chapman's like, stop right there. Um, and then Chapman starts like antagonizing him. He's like, it bothers me when the grades of one of our best students starts to drop. And Marco's like, all right, well, if I see that student, I'll let him know. <laughs> and Chapman's like, don't sass me, bitch. Um, and then something about <laughs> like, you line. Need- yeah. Don't sass me. Um, something about need need some better friends, or like yeah. friends that will be a better influence on you, or something. Yeah, you I don't need know. to hang up with some friends who will be a better influence on you. Which like doesn't resolve in any way in this conversation. I don't know. At that point, he looks down and he sees a little lizard on the ground, and he like smacks the ground with his shoe, which is not a cowboy boot for once. Um, <laughs> for once, and he's like disgusting creatures, and then he fucking leaves. So it's like, were you trying to recruit him to the sharing, maybe? Because there's a big fucking poster of the sharing in the background, like... Well, doesn't he say, like, come to the sharing during this conversation? No, well? he just says, like, you need better friends. And then he looks down and sees the lizards and then fucking oh. leaves. So, like, okay. I don't... Like, but all the Animorphs have pretty... Like, Jake says he has okay grades, but, like, Rachel we know is top of her class. Cassie we know is, like, top of her class and mm-hmm. very good at school. And, like, there's no way Chapman would know he is now friends with Tobias. Yeah. So, I don't know what the fuck he's on. I mean, other than, yes, he is trying to recruit him to the sharing. Like, he said it in a way that just made no sense to the situation. Well, and I think in the books he had this conversation with Rachel. And then that's when he asked her about the divorce and she got the bare feet. Right. Because Um, she had a crocodile DNA. Okay. Also, why are they standing so close yet again? Right? Fucking like, right. Why? There's room. Spread There's out. No Use need. the space. There's That's, no need. There's none. There's no need. There's none. That's like a sexual harassment case waiting to happen. Like, Chapman, oh. back up. Yeah, come on, man. Like, leave room for Jesus between the two of you, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, ugh, why? I if, don't like, know. You, I don't know. People <laughs> don't stand that close to each other. Like, I get it. Like, sometimes a camera shot can be kind of tight, and it's like, oh, can you guys scooch in a little bit? But if you can smell the breath of the other person, you are too close. And they, like, they do this multiple times. Like, I've already complained about it in episode one in in the uh, video game cafe. But, like, there's other shots in this episode where everybody is just way too close. And I'm like, who keeps scooting these children together? Like, personal space is a thing. It is. And maybe it's just, like, hitting me harder now that we're in a pandemic. But, like, (laughs) Christ. No, it's still too close. You shouldn't talk to somebody where you are, like, in a position where you could conceivably be angling for a kiss. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I agree. Wholeheartedly. I don't think it has anything to do with the pandemic. I think they are standing way too close, and I think somebody kept directing them to do that. Ugh. Anyways. Sorry. Anyways. So, Chapman leaves. Marco leaves. Marco goes to the science classroom. Jake is there. Um, he's got a tank with another lizard in it. Um, Jake's like, I didn't think you would show. Marco's like, oh, I love science lab makeups. What are you talking about? Um, and he kind of picks the lizard up in his hands. And Jake's like, careful, I already lost one. Marco says, yeah, I saw it in the hallway. Chapman practically stepped on it. And then Marco tries to talk about their argument that they had yesterday. And Jake just kind of shuts it down saying, I'll forget it if you will. And then Marco kind of keeps going. He's like, well, we're kind of in some serious shit and we're bound to go crazy sooner or later. And they finally apologize and fist bump. And it's really great and cute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then they hear Chapman's voice, and it's coming from kind of like the back of the classroom. There's a door back there, so they head over there to spy. Chapman is interrogating another student in like the middle of a school day about finding the Andalites. And the student's Mm -hmm. like, they haven't found them yet, but we think they're using human morphs. Chapman's like, just fucking figure it out and go stand watch while I check the pool entrance. And Jake and Marco are listening to this and they kind of look at each other. And then the camera zooms in on the uh, lizard that Marco is holding. (laughs) Um... Cut back to the hallway where there's lots of students walking around. Because, again, like, meeting with another controller in the middle of the day in the middle of a hallway was a really great idea, Chapman. Whatever. Um, and then we cut to the bottom of the science lab's door, and two lizards run out. I wonder oh who they God. could be. That um, must have been so fucking hard to shoot. The lizards coming out? Yes. And, like, they ran, like, kind of in the same direction. And I'm like, man, whoever had to shoot that, this is, like, take... 120 million like yeah because i don't think you can train lizards really i mean i don't i think the best you could do is like spook them out and hope they run in the same direction yeah or like put out a tasty treat that they run towards i don't know i don't i don't know they were so small too i just don't know they're so small i have some concerns about some of the animals in this episode that i'll talk about later but yeah okay um So they run out, and the next series of shots is mostly from their perspective, which is, like, distorted and green and, you know, another beautiful (laughs) overlay effects. Um, Except for the one beautiful shot of the stock photo of feet standing as the lizards (laughs) run across the scene. Oh, my God. Uh, So good. And then there's the obligatory, like, their thoughts speaking to each other about, like, Oh, I can't see very well. I can't see colors, but I can smell really well. Like, this is what it's like to be a skink. Like, whatever. Um, yeah. And like, oh, this is a really nervous animal. I'm very scared. I want to run. Um, which is fine. So yeah. we cut to Chapman, who is creeping into a janitor's closet. Um, <laughs> like you said, the, the shot of the shoes. Um, my nitpick was that the angle that they shot it at was way too high for it to be from a so lizard's perspective. It was clearly like a tall camera that they were trying to like walk along the floor as low yeah, as they could get. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. This is like cat height at this point, but yes. you're trying to tell me it's a lizard. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so Marco and Jake run in after him as he closes the door. Um, there's another person in the closet, and he's like, is everything ready for tonight? And the figure turns around, and he says, yes, everything is arranged. It's Tom. Ugh. Oh Again, god. he just, like, turns in a way that it's just like, oh my god, you're so dramatic. He's the worst. Okay, talk about their conversation, because I have to complain about this. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I think Tom opens the Yerk pool first first um he like turns the sink handle and the sponge holder there's some clicking noises and the wall kind of slides open to reveal the rocky tunnel and jake's like no not my brother not tom (laughs) okay yes all right then chapman and tom talk they do my least favorite thing in cinema which is to share information that they both already know for the benefit of the audience Mm -hmm. so they talk about they need to feed every three days on candronal rays and Oh my god, it's just, it's so awful. I'm not doing it justice, but like they're expecting yep. 50 new hosts and Chapman's like, "Why isn't your brother among them?" 
And Tom is like, Jake has a strong will. It could be a problem for them in the future. We might have to correct the situation. Um, okay. Talk- yeah. Okay. What, what do you have okay. to say? Sorry. I just have to jump in here. Yeah. One, please. this is supposed to be the big moment where Tom says, I might have to like kill my brother if he doesn't cooperate. This is the moment that's supposed to be Jake's realization that it's mm-hmm. all real, that Tom's a controller, and that like is what he vows to like why he vows to fight and why he goes on and everything. Yeah. There is absolutely no input from Jake in this moment. It's just, I might have to correct the problem, but also what Tom did to recruit his brother was like, try to neg him into it one time (laughs) earlier that day. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? It's like, hey, you want to join the sharing? No, he has a strong will. I don't know that we'll be able to break him. Like, His fucking try. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, Jesus Christ, can't defeat that boss level argument of, no, nah, I don't want to today. Like, dude, yeah. you didn't even try. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, that just really bothered me. He called them clowns. He's like, you guys want to go to the sharing? No, you clowns. You didn't <laughs> fucking try. <laughs> Come on, there's girls. Yeah, girls will like you if you join. They already are hanging out with more girls than Tom has been seen with in this entire series so far. (laughs) So fuck off, Tom. You don't know shit. Oh, my God. I I just got so mad at this dialogue because, yes, of course, the stupid, like, well, I need Kendronas. I must feed every three days. What? Yes. You must feed every three... Like, it was so Me stupid. Me too! And then like... it led to... The... I too must feed every three days, I guess. <laughs> oh it's a I York thing. Shit. I hate that I hate it. Yeah, it was bullshit. Um, and then, like, that part of the conversation, too, just because, like, it was supposed to be so intense. But, like, even if I didn't know that... Then when he, like, follows up what's supposed to be this super intense threat that is why Jake decides to fight in the first place and how he finally realized Tom's a controller and accepts it, even though he didn't believe it or, like, against all evidence was choosing not to believe it. Then it's followed up with the whole, like, I tried so hard to recruit them. And it's like, no, you fucking didn't, though. (laughs) Like, the whole thing. Everything that came out of Tom's mouth in this scene, I'm like... You're the biggest piece of shit ever. Like, you're just a fucking liar, and I hate that. Ugh. So, anyways, those are my complaints. Good. (laughs) The whole thing was bullshit. Dialogue, not great. So, he threatens to kill Jake, basically. Chapman looks over and sees the two lizards sitting on the shelf, um, because they got up there somehow. Somehow. And he just, like reaches over and picks up Marco by the tail. Marco starts panicking and Jake tells him to stay calm. Chapman holds Marco in front of his face and he says, nasty little creature. And Jake's, or Marco's like, Jake, help! Um, and then we cut to a commercial break because I guess it's very <laughs> dramatic. Yes. Um, Cliffhanger. Chapman is still holding Marco and calling him very mean names. Uh, Marco's yes. still panicking. Jake's telling him to stay calm. Then Marco's body separates from his tail as lizards are sometimes want to do and he Mm -hmm. falls on the floor and they both run the fuck out of there like i don't know how super traumatic it is for a lizard to lose its tail i don't okay having lived in florida for one year and therefore being an expert on this Mm -hmm. um it didn't seem to take much at all for them to lose their tails okay truly like there was 
Like, sometimes, like, they would... It, it almost seemed like nothing. Like, they could almost, like, disattach it on their own. Which is not true. That's not how it works. But, like, really, it just... It doesn't take much when they're scared. It takes the slightest pressure okay. for them to do that. Okay. It's like pressing the eject button. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really doesn't take much at all. Okay. And also, this seemed like CG to me. Like, there was a couple I, scenes where yeah. it looked a little wonky to me. I, I wondered, like, I wondered if they, like, actually had the thing. Because, like, I don't yeah, know how I you would no shoot idea. that because, you know. It, you don't know when it's going to Yeah. So you have to get the shot of, like, the lizard being, like, really close to the camera while Chapman, you know, mocks it from background. And I you don't, don't even know if, like, that kind can lose its tail. Yeah. Like, I don't know what kind it was for sure, but it, to me, it did not look like one of the ones that I was, like, familiar with. And, like, it didn't look like a gecko or, like, an anole or anything like that. It seemed, th- and they called it a skink in yeah. the thing, but it didn't look like a skink to me either, but. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It didn't seem like the type of lizard that would do that. And then, like, in the shot from above where they're running away, like, right after that, it looks like they had, like, see, like, you know when, this is so stupid, I can't believe I'm going to say this. You know in Free Willy, like, when they're trying to shoot, like, the f- Willy in the wild, and instead of, like, you know, to show his fin flopped over, they just kind of, like, superimpose water over the top where his fin could be. And if you look out for it, you can see, like, where it's, like, slightly different than the rest of the waves. I, I don't think so, but I'll believe you. <laughs> okay. That's what it seemed like to me. Like, they were trying to superimpose the floor over top of it, but you uh, could just, just like, tell, like, it parts... Out. Yeah, but, like, parts of the floor just didn't match up quite right when it was moving. Okay. I might have to, like, slow-mo that scene later and look at it. Yeah. I, like, I immediately focused in on that when it hit the ground, and I was like, ooh, that's... And you also never see Chapman, like, holding the tail either, which was the other reason I was like... I didn't... When I was watching it, I didn't think I saw him holding the tail. Like, I thought I saw him just, like, drop the lizard. I mean, I guess, like, you could give him anything and be like, yeah, this is supposed That's to be the lizard's true. tail. Like, as a quick shot or yeah. even, like, mask out where the lizard was. Yeah. Yeah. You could do either of those things. I didn't, like, we didn't get, like, a clear shot of him oh, yeah, holding yeah, yeah. a very obvious tail. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it seemed like it was kind of masked out on the floor. And also, like, this is, like, 90s video that we're watching. It's kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I did not think it ever disattached for real. Okay. That's my hot take. Okay. I just, yeah, I wasn't sure if, like, this was actually a lizard losing its tail and if that was, like, very bad for it or, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I have more concerns about different animals later, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so they escape and Chapman leaves the closet and just, I guess, fucking leaves Tom in there for, I don't know. Who was already skulking in the closet to begin with for reasons we're unclear of. I don't know. Does Tom even go there? Does Tom even go to school here? He doesn't even go here. Um, I mean, I guess he could go down into the York pool and then, like, go up through the McDonald's or something. I don't know. But, like, he just fucking leaves Tom in the closet, and that's weird. Um, And he's kind of, like, half-heartedly looking around the hallways for Jake and Marco. Very half-heartedly. One might say flaccidly looking around the hallway. Yeah, there's not a lot of effort here. He Um, doesn't even swivel his head, guys. Yeah. He just walks. A very slight crane, and that's it. Um, he walks off camera he walks past some lockers um we hear the sounds of morphing and clunking around and then (laughs) marco and jake emerge fully morphed and marco's like next time we use a phone booth dude which was great (laughs) love that that is a very good line 
Um, they crawl out of the lockers, walk down the hallway, and Marco's like, don't worry, dude, we'll save your brother. Um, so sweet. I adored that when they were crawling out of the lockers, we see the entire row of lockers jostle and move around. Yes! Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> I loved that so much. Oh, I couldn't even, like, the doors were pounding, but I couldn't even focus on that because, like, literally the, tol- the whole top of the locker row was, like, against the whole... Yes. It was so amazing. Oh, no. Oh, I loved it so much. Oh, it was wonderful. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. <sighs> so then we get the kids walking across the, the grassy field at night. And why are they so close? They are all so close, but also, like... I had to look really hard to see if uh, Jake and Cassie were holding hands and then if Rachel and Tobias were holding hands because they were so fucking close to each other. And it's like the shot was wide enough that you could have like had normal people distance between them. Nope. Nope. They're like, please get in close. Closer. Scoot closer. (laughs) It's a cold night. I guess. Snuggle in. They were super snuggled in and it was unnecessary. (laughs) Oh, maybe Rachel's and Tobias's hands were like brushing against each other and they were getting all embarrassed. Oh, they absolutely were brushing against each other. I don't know that it's narratively important, but because of the physical closeness of them, (laughs) both Rachel and Tobias and Jake and Cassie and Marco to Cassie on the other side were all (laughs) brushing against each other. (laughs) I was just noticing how much collective denim was being worn. So much denim, but that was, it's the 90s. It's so good. Oh, so good. I don't know. So much denim. <laughs> I swear to God, if one of you tweets me Canadian tuxedo, I will destroy you. But I brought that up in the first episode. I know, but I Is can't okay? destroy you. We have to record more podcasts. That's the only thing saving you right now. That's true. It's Your life is on the line. <laughs> the thing that tripped me out about this scene, though, was there were wolves howling the whole time. And I didn't know where the what? fuck they were. Yeah, there's like wolves the whole time. And I was like, how did I not notice this? I thought they were just kind of like walking in a park or something. Like, you know, when when it's revealed that they were walking towards like oh. the, the preserve later, I was just like, why are there fucking wolves everywhere? Is this like Halloween? They were like Halloween wolf howls. I was so Maybe weirded it's out. Like- Maybe it's because they did only show us Jake and Rachel, so they're like, we need to imply that there was more there were... predators here. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It was definitely a little bizarre. It was a little, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay. So you know what's super bizarre about that? Um, and I, just spoilers for like the next five minutes. Is that <laughs> they like have the tiger on screen. They have the lion on screen. You'd think the wolf is going to be the safest and easiest to obtain considering you can actually get just like a half dog that looks like a wolf. Yeah. So why wouldn't they show the wolves but then they're like yes to the Siberian tiger that's also albino and yes to the weird lion. I don't know. What happened? What, What were the decisions that led to this moment? I don't know. Well, and it's not even implied that Marco even got anything. Or Cassie, for that matter. Yeah. Or Tobias. Yeah, they were just like, Rachel, you're next. Rachel gets the line. And they're like, okay, I guess it's time to go. (laughs) Actually, okay, that was my favorite line. I'm sorry. I'll let you recap it before I (laughs) just destroy them. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, these next couple scenes are something. They Um, are something. So they're walking across... A grassy field. Cassie's like, I'm sorry about your brother. Jake's like, I'm going to set him free and squash the yerk in his head like a bug. 
Um, Tobias is like, well, at least I know the Yerks need the booster treatment every three days. And basically they cover shit that we already have gathered from all of the exposition. Like, you know, they know how to get to the pool and they don't know how to operate the disc and like blah, blah, blah. I don't. Frustrating. Here's our mid-episode recap of what happened in yeah, the last exactly. 15 minutes. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, they oh. approach a very tall metal fence. It's the entrance to the gardens, preserve, whatever. Um, Cassie's They like, don't even say. There's like a sign on it with like a fucking moose on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ring bell. Dangerous animals. Yeah. Do not enter. No trespassing. Yeah. Um, Cassie's like... This is where my mom works with all the exotic animals. And Marco's like, does that mean like rare chickens or something? <laughs> Jake, Jake fucking ignores him and is like, no, we're going to need some better animals. We, you know, we only have like a cat, a rat and a dog. Like that's not going to do anything. Uh, and then Jake's like, Marco, I'll boost you up over the fence because you're short. And Marco's like, well, why don't you go first? Cause you're the leader. And they kind of bicker for a bit. And there's like barbed wire and blah. Um, and then no, this is my favorite. We have to cover that in detail. Oh, okay. Did you catch that whole conversation? Not not the whole thing. I, I was just kind of like summing it up a little bit. Um, oh my God. I loved it so much though. And there's two things that I want to bring up. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't stress this too far. But like they're talking about like, I'm going to boost you up because you're shorter. No, I'm boosting you up because you're a leader. And then Marco does that thing that you loved in the other episode oh, yeah. where he like slips wire. into Spanish. Yeah. And he like just like slips in a little Spanish. I love that. Oh my God. So good. Sorry. I'll let you keep going now. I just, I I love it when he does it because it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like, oh, like, let's, you know, emphasize that Marco's like, you know. No, it's just like, it's when he gets agitated and then he'll just like throw out a Spanish word, like in the middle. Like, yeah, it, it reads as like a choice that like Boris made where he's like, this is how I'm going to react when I start getting like really intense in a situation where yeah. I'm not necessarily like thinking really hard about it. I'm just reacting to something. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's always so natural. I love that. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's a good little argument they have. And then there's a great shot of Rachel, who's, like, on the other side of the fence for them, holding up the keys. And she's like, are you guys quite finished? And they kind of look over, and Rachel, Tobias, and Cassie are on the other side of the fence, having just opened the gate. Their facial expressions are so delightful so good especially christopher like oh my god yes i'm so glad you said that oh my god he like raises his eyebrows a little bit oh my god it's it's oh he is positively leering at them I like just that. like ah, ah. it's so good it's wonderful <laughs> oh my god I it's love so sassy good. tobias <laughs> i love sassy tobias so much <laughs> Oh, but then, like, the sweetest interaction between <laughs> Jake and Marco. Because, yeah. like, right after that happens, like, they just turn to each other and Marco just goes, oh, man, my bad. And they do, like, a fist bump, like, like a yes. secret handshake fist bump thing and then, like, just continue on. I love that. Oh, it was so sweet. I fucking... <laughs> they're, just, they're just friends and I love them. They're so wonderful. They're just such friendship. There's such friendship. Like, oh my god, the chemistry in the main cast is just so fucking good. Like, they fucked up so much about this show, but, like, the yeah. casting is just not it. It's so good. I, yeah, it's great. Ugh, I love them so much. But, yeah, Christopher's face in that scene. Like, I, re <laughs> I actually rewound it three times to watch that reveal because it was so fucking delightful. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. 
It was my favorite. Like, this is probably my other favorite scene. The original Tobias one and then this one. Yeah. These were my favorite scenes in this whole yeah. episode. Uh, so now we cut to Marco's closing a garage door and they're inside one of the buildings and they are ooing and eyeing over what ends up being a tiger. Um, and Marco's like, have they all been fed, Cassie? Um, and the tiger's sitting on a table. Rachel asks, what is it? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a fucking orangutan, Rachel. What the fuck does it look like? <laughs> it's a fucking tiger, dude. Like, come it's on. tiger. How do you not know this? What is it? Uh, so Cassie's like, it's a white bangle tiger. It's extremely cute, and I love it. She doesn't say that. I did. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, I also think it's like a kitten. It's like, it's not an, a full grown tiger. It, it looks way too baby. Um, but whatever. Um, so they like shove Jake in there and Cassie's like, Jake, watch its eyes. If they dilate, you should back away very slowly. Um, which I know to be true for domesticated cats. Cause when I play with Lena, she, her eyes get really wide right before she tries to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. I have such a complaint about this next moment. So... <laughs> She opens a gate for him and he goes in there and she's like, remember, all you have to do is acquire its DNA. And then she tells him to make a fuffer sound. But mm-hmm. I'm going to play you a sound clip once I find it. That is just baffling to me. All right. Ready? Yes. Remember, all you have to do is touch it to acquire its DNA. Just make a fuffer sound. Um, a what? Fuffer. So she says, all you have to do is acquire its DNA and then it's overlaid with a clip of her saying, make a fuffer sound. It's her talking, but they overlaid the sound clip, which would make it physically impossible for her to say both of these things in that time span. And I got so fucking mad. Like, I thought Rachel said that. Which would have been baffling considering she didn't know it was a tiger like two seconds earlier. Yeah. I've also never heard it called a fuffer sound. Yeah. Like, I've heard chuffing. I've always heard it as chuffing. So when she said fuffer, I got... I, like, actually was like, whoa, wait. Because I I just expected her to say chuffing. And then she didn't. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. What's a fuffer? And then I started mocking it in my head. And then I was like, wow. Like, my knowledge of tigers is so passing. I really shouldn't <laughs> be saying this. Maybe it is fuffering and chuffing is ridiculous. And how could I even think such a thing? I don't know. If any of our listeners train tigers for a living... At us. Wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah? Wait. Sorry. We have a lot of people in rehab. Animal rehab. So There are. And uh, the other Alex P. lived uh, right by oh, yeah. um, a bunch of tiger incidents. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right we talked in. about that. Tell us yeah. about tigers and what sound to appropriately make to calm them. Tell me if it's chuffing or fuffering. I can tell you which one I professionally would use. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Cassie's like, make a fuffer sound, and she demonstrates it for him. All of the other kids look at her like she's insane. And I loved that, though. <laughs> this was the like... long shot. <laughs> this is like the most amazing Cassie moment we've had so far, is she just like does this this thing, and everybody looks at her like, oh my god. And she's like, what? It helps calm them down. Yes. And I was like, I get you, Cassie. I understand. 
Yeah, she did awesome. And I just, I loved the long shot of all, like, Jake was in the cage already, so we just saw, like, Tobias, Marco, Rachel all turn to her and give her a yeah. look, like, and, like, just their various reactions, like, Marco's what the fuck, Tobias is, like, what are you talking about? And then Rachel's, like, I think you're crazy, but, like, I'm here with you because I know you probably know this. Like, they all had, like, the perfect yes. reactions when they turned. It was oh, great. Oh, man. I loved it. I loved that, too. Um... So Jake's in the cage. He's walking up to the tiger. He looks like a big honking goober as he tries to do the fuffer <laughs> sound. Um, yeah, he fa- he didn't sound even remotely like Cassie. No, he he did. A- it's hard to do. I tried to do it myself and was not very successful. Um, I would like to hear you try it. I won't. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Yeah, it's just like a... <laughs> oh, wow. So he's walking up to this tiger. It's such a baby. It's a baby tiger. It's like yes. a few months old. It's a baby and I love it. Um, and it's also drooling and it has a piece of meat sitting in front of it. And I'm really concerned about this tiger. There were so many shots of various pieces of meat in front of it. Like two cubes, no cubes, one cube. Yeah. Like every shot was... There was varying amounts of meat the entire time. Yeah, and I just, I didn't, I don't know. Did they put Sean Ashmore in the cage with this tiger, though? I think they did. I think they did, too. Yeah, I think they definitely did. Because he definitely touches its head. I don't know if that's, like, his hand or if it's somebody else's hand. But they, like, did enough cuts that it, like, might not have been his hand. Yeah. But he was, like, right there. And, like, when he tries to touch his head, the cat, like, turns and, like, kind of, like, goes up like it's going to grab his hand. So, like, I don't know what the situation was. And I don't know why you'd ever go up to a predatory animal like that and go right from the top of its nose to try and hit the top of its head. You always go from behind. Always. Yeah. Side or behind. Never go head on. That's crazy. I sorry. I seriously wonder what it was like for these actors if they did interact with these big cats, like what that was like. Cause like Like the reaction shots, they absolutely shot without the tiger in front of them. Well like, yeah, no but way, like the, yeah. the wide shots though. Like did Rachel actually go into that cage with that lion? Like I think she did. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's probably trainers there. There's probably people with trank guns there, but like. And I couldn't tell, but it did look like in some of the scenes, like with with Jake and the tiger in the same shot, it did look like the tiger might have had like some sort of collar on, but then in the other close shots, there wasn't. And I don't know if that's accurate or it was just like I was seeing something weird because it was really hard to tell. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a reason that they put it on a table yeah and not just for like you know putting it on like a literal platform to be like look at this tiger um yeah i don't know maybe they like strapped it down in kind of the the close-up shot i don't know but like i was really concerned about this cat it was like panting and drooling and it didn't look i don't know and i was like this poor little like siegfried and roy little baby Mm -hmm. um and it's like I know that there's laws saying that you have to have somebody there with the animal to make sure the animal's doing okay. Um, And, like, maybe this is an argument for, like, not having real animals in movies anymore. Um, But, yeah. I don't know. I was really concerned about this little baby. I was just so baffled 
why they didn't just have the tiger walk up to the side of the cage and have him touch it through the the cage. Yeah. Like, I... From, like, multiple perspectives. Not just from, like, the animal welfare perspective, which is extremely important and, like, something we should absolutely mm-hmm. be talking about and considering here because, like, this is kind of fucked up. And, like, as we know from, like, all the Tiger King madness and everything, this is not a good situation. But also from the perspective of Cassie knows animals and big predators from working with her mom. Yeah. There should never be any reality in which Cassie thinks it's a good idea to go into the cage with this tiger. And there's absolutely no reason why she wouldn't think, let me grab like a frozen mouse or something for this tiger out of the fridge and I'll like, you know, toss it in there and you just reach through and touch it. Because... We know that domesticated tigers are used to people and will rub up against the side of the cage. Mm -hmm. And there is absolutely no reason he had to go in there and do this weird, very dangerous seeming thing that he did. Yeah. And yeah, it was probably just for like dramatic effect to have him like literally be in the cage with the tiger. But yeah, like Cassie should have had like, like a couple of those like grabby sticks and then like stuck a a piece Mm -hmm. of meat into the cage. The tiger could have come up to it. And then Jake could have pet it while it was eating. Right. Logistically, but like logistically, that's like not as interesting from like a cinematic standpoint. So, but still, like, Jesus. I guess, but then there was so many jump cuts and so much stitching together that it didn't make a good shot anyways, the way that they did it. Yeah. Like it was all, it was still confusing and it was still obvious where they were like interlacing these different filming shots like it just it wasn't good it still wasn't dramatic and it still wasn't good and also now we're like well this is a weird fucked up scene and there's no reason it had to be it could have been less dramatic but like way yeah. more realistic but yeah he walks in there um cassie's like if you touch it it'll go into a trance remember and then marco's like yeah unless it rips his arm off because marco's <laughs> a really good friend Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Rachel and Tobias kind of look over him like, what the fuck, dude? Like, don't say that. <laughs> um, Jake says, this one's for you, Tom. And he reaches down and he touches the tiger's head. He pets the kitty. Um, he does. And there is a very good close-up shot of him actually, like, scratching the cat's head. Yeah. Oh, sad. Um, he acquires it, backs away. It kind of, like, sniffs his hand a little, which makes me think that he was actually in there with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel's like, that was so awesome. And Cassie's like, okay, well, you're next. Um, cut to Rachel, who is standing in the cage with a huge male lion. Um, mm-hmm. This is like the the tail end of the scene where she acquired it. Because she walks out like immediately and she's like, I got it. I'm Rachel the Lionhearted. Um, and Marco's yep. like, I'm Marco the Chickenhearted. And we should get out of here before we're eaten. Um, yep. So they leave. Cassie locks the cage. Um, I was interested to see, like, if you thought that was a significant security measure for that lion. Because <laughs> it's just, like, one I, padlock. I mean, a lion can't undo a padlock, so, like... I thought it was a carabiner at first, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, just a carabiner? <laughs> I have a better lock on the horse's gate than this. Oh, <laughs> but no, it was a padlock, yeah. so... Hopefully that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't even... There was, like, nothing about this scene that struck me as something an actual accredited association. No. Well, that line was standing up and facing her. 
Yeah, and I absolutely thought that that lion must have been restrained in some way, simply for the fact that she acquired it, and then she spins and walks out of there with her back to it. Yeah. And I was immediately like, holy shit! And then I'm like, it must be restrained in some way. Either that... I mean, it didn't look like green screen, though. It looked like she was in there. It looked like she was in there with the animal, but it was, like, filmed in such a way, and the lion was far enough away that I think they conceivably could have had, like, some sort of collar on it and had it, like, restrained. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But, like, the minute she started spinning, I was like, and here's the scene where we watch Brooke get eaten by the lion. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Oh, oh, God, do not do that. Yeah. It's fine. That's... It was fine. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so they leave. Uh, they're outside the uh, the fenced area. And Marco's like, hey, Jake, is it okay that you're leaving the disc in your room? And Jake's like, oh, I already thought of that. And he pulls it out of his pocket and says he takes it everywhere with him. Marco's That's right. A teenager's never lost anything that they've kept in their pocket. <laughs> I've never lost $20 <laughs> in my jacket pocket. <laughs> Uh, so Marco's like, we're going to get Tom back. And then he and Cassie head out and Rachel walks up to Jake and she's like, I wonder if we'll actually pass as human controllers. And Jake's like, we'll find out tonight. Cool. Um, we, oh God, the scene. We cut to school. There's a bunch of people that are walking creepily in a single file line down the hallway. Um, and they like filmed it like it was ghosts. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be creepy, but, like, Jesus Christ. They used a lot of, like, like, diagonal angles, and there's this, like, heavy breathing sound effect playing over the music, and it's just like, ugh. And they, like, faded them in and out. Like, it's not like they showed a shot of a hallway and then people started walking in. They had a shot of a hallway and a shot of a hallway with people walking, and they slowly cross-faded the people Mm -hmm. into the hall. And I don't understand why they did that. I don't know. At all. It made no sense. It's like they're real people. They're not ghosts. Like, we all know this, right? No. We all know they're not ghosts, They're all dead. They're all ghosts. These are the spirits of the undead high schoolers that haunt the Yerks. But it wasn't just high schoolers. It's like adult people there, too. It's true. They're also adult people. (sighs) Yeah. It was a lot. Um, The kids poked... It was a lot. The kids poked their heads in. Um, from, I guess, the alley? I don't know. There's some door that's open. Um, Who the fuck knows? And then they, in a beautiful traffic merge, they sneak their way into the line as it's passing them. Um, well done, everyone. They zipper merged like they've been doing yes. it their whole lives. Yes. It was wonderful. It was a sight to behold. I would love to drive on the highway with those motherfuckers. Except Marco. Except Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the crowd goes through the janitor's closet and down into the craggy tunnel. Um, the kids reach the entrance and kind of balk a little bit, but then Marco kind of like shoves Jake down there. Cause again, he's a great friend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then we get to the York pool and I see what you mean about the very small, like sound stages, because this is like <laughs> the most underwhelming area that I think we've seen such thus far. I have literally been to low budget escape rooms that were more terrifying than this year yeah it felt like like an underground mini golf arena like it has that like fake rock and like it's like lit with like these bright sort of colored lights and there's like how much 
like how much did you love the not quite fully realized lava lamp yerk pool that they had though <laughs> like the effect didn't work out and they're like but it's the best we can do uh, i don't i was trying to figure out what the the liquid was it literally looked like globules of like either um a different liquid like a different density liquid that they were trying to heat up like a lava lamp to make it rise Mm -hmm. but whatever they had to make it rise there was too much water to make the effect work in the way that they wanted that roiling boiling look Uh and so it was more like of a half-assed simmer and like they were stirring up as much of this liquid as they could but the effect just did not work and they just were like we gotta use it though (laughs) yeah yeah. Um Yeah, and that that archway that they walk through the, that the styrofoam one. The styrofoam big like <laughs> perfectly rounded, perfectly symmetrical stone archway like oh my god. And then like the the cliched laser cages. Yeah, they had laser cages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh my god. And I I was so confused. Like there's a bunch of like kids standing behind or in front of. I couldn't really tell. It looked like the kids were looking into the cage and then there was a horkbajir on the other side. So I'm like, "Oh, are they like watching this like imprisoned horkbajir? What's going on?" But no, it's there behind the cage. But like the way it was filmed was like the horkbajir is flanked by like these kind of craggy walls. So it looks like it's in like a containing like a t- containment unit, like it's in like a, a tunnel or something. Like not only that, but the Horkbajer never moves. Yeah, <laughs> it just is a guy standing in a suit, and like clearly he couldn't like move appropriately, or it, the suit was like falling apart when he moved too much. So he was so restricted mm-hmm. that like it just didn't work. Also, why do you need a Horkbajer to guard? a laser cage anyway i truly don't know it would have been way better if he were standing like on the edge of the pool as the people were doing their acting oh my god i say in quotations (laughs) big ass quotations oh my god yeah there was just just fucking hell yeah um and overseeing all of this beautiful set design is visor three who is peeking out from a hole in the rock yeah like a just a headshot creep. yeah he's just kind just of fucking head- standing there oh. and we don't even know if he's standing because all we can see is the neck up oh that's a that's a that's a different shot later i think we see his whole oh, okay. his whole body like he's there's like a circular window that he's like standing in but it's hard Jesus to tell because the lighting of the scene is difficult oh the whole scene is difficult um so the kids are walking down, everyone's screaming and begging for help, and Visitor 3 is like... Half-hastily. Oh, this is where the headshot comes in. He's like, hurry up, there are many hosts to regenerate. Um, let me know when it's done, I'll be in my room, basically. I'll be in my office, come get me when it's over. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, he's like, I'll be in my chambers, but I just I yeah. took that in a different way. Um, So... The kids get down to, like, the ground level. Cassie, I guess, gets, like, pulled away from the rest of the team. Because I guess there's... She... It looks like she chooses to just go a different direction for no reason. Yeah, it does. And Marco's like, what the fuck? Where are you going? 
but I guess they're being split up into different lines, but it's kind of hard to tell because there's maybe 20 people here and they're all just maybe. kind of standing around in sort of lines, but kind of just kind of groupings. I don't know. So the kids are watching people drop their yurks into the pool and get dragged away. Um, Tom steps up, he drops his yurk, and then he starts like screaming and thrashing. He's like, you can't put that thing back in my head. We get some great face work from Sean and Brooke who are watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake looks fucking pissed. Um, and then this controller walks up and he's like, you guys need to get in the line. Tobias walks right up to his face and he's like, we report directly to Visor 3. Like, gets right <laughs> up in his grill. And the guy kind of, like, thinks about it for a minute. And then he nods and he backs off. And they yeah. just kind of, like, turn and walk away. And Mark was like, dude, that was awesome. And I agreed. <laughs> I agreed, too. Okay, oh. let's talk about these fucking extras. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Like, multiple people in a row, like, bend over and drop their yurks in. And then we get, like, a wide shot of them, like, like on the ground. They fucking reach their arms up for the controllers to help them up. And then they start screaming and struggling. And, like, this, when we say screaming and struggling, we don't mean, like, they did a stupid thing and then their acting was pretty decent after that. I mean, like, mm-hmm. no, don't, oh bad this is so bad yeah like dude like i would have done a better job like where did they find these fucking tools i don't know and i feel like the extras should not have reached their arms up for the controllers to grab because that like immediately betrays their intent but i also feel like the controllers needed to like immediately grab them like bend down and grab them the direction should have been as, like, the yerk was dropping into the pool, the controllers were bending down and grabbing them by the elbows before they even had the chance Absolutely. to, like, take their hands off the side of the pool. Absolutely. And I just, I feel like the extras got no context for what they were doing, so they just didn't know, like, what to say or do. Like, maybe they were fed the lines and, like, told, like, okay, you're going to act like this. But, like, there was never any, like here's the moment where you finally get control of your body. Because none of them seem to know, like, mm-hmm. what, why they were doing that. And, like, I feel like if somebody had just, like, spent the five minutes to explain to this group of people yeah. what the narrative was, yeah. they would have been able to do it a lot better. Yeah. But instead we get these, like, half-ass, like, they found, like, year one students who are in a night acting class after their like nine to five job that have aspirations of being in great actors but, i don't like just didn't get it i don't even think it's that i think a lot of extras in movies are really just like regular people like not even aspiring yeah. actors necessarily i think they're just like folks so they just pick these like people off the street and they're like you're gonna act in a scene well, and they're like what maybe for like <laughs> maybe for like the the speaking parts they got aspiring actors but like yeah you know it's not really their fault i think it's that was the director's call to be like hey nope sorry you fucked up the uh the shot like you should not reach up or you should be grabbing them like that's absolutely i think on the director in that moment yeah it's it looks so bad and it wasn't like one looks so bad it's like multiple person after person did it badly yeah (sighs) i'm sorry i didn't mean to yell at the extras it's not it's probably not their fault. Um, well, 
<laughs> I blame everyone. I blame everyone. It was all bad. It was it was all bad. I mean, I just I feel like they didn't know what they were doing. The director didn't care, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, or they were pressed for time. I don't know. Um, they didn't make good decisions. I mean, that just doesn't seem like something that, like, you're pressed for time so you couldn't make the shot better by telling them to do this one extra step. Like, I, I can't accept that as an excuse. It takes the exact same amount of time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like the whole thing was very disjointed. The acting wasn't good. Like, if they got even one actor or actress that had actually done, like, a scream, like a blood-curdling, terrified scream, it would have made up for so much of what everybody else did. But every single person was this very mild, very cliched, very bland lines. Mm -hmm. And it was like, nothing about this is scary. And then all the people standing in the cages, like when we think of the Yerk pool, we think of the people Mm -hmm. in the cages are crying. They're screaming. Even if they're sitting silently, they are sitting silently by themselves because they've given up. And what we saw was a bunch of people just kind of standing there like they're waiting in line at Six Flags. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) And even like later when people, controllers are like grabbing people that are trying to escape, like, oh my God, they're just like lightly holding onto them and like kind of moving them back and forth. Like there's no commitment there. Yeah, there's no commitment by anybody to act except for the main kids. Yeah. Uh, So. Yeah, it's, it's rough. This, this series of shots is quite rough um it's awful so the kids kind of break off into a quiet corner and they're like we got to do something um we see another extra fuck up um and then cassie is up next um she kneels down in front of the pool and everybody just kind of stands there like okay now what um some controller steps up to her and she's like what's wrong um, and the kids are like, shit, we got to distract them. Cassie, very uncharacteristically, is like, oh, it, I'm having a hard time getting out of her ear. And it, like, plays it very cool, Miss Cindy Crawford. <laughs> um, Tobias morphs into a hawk. Um, the controller tells Cassie to turn her head. Cassie grabs a rock that's right next to her and drops that into the pool to make the splash. And then she is grabbed and dragged away. Everyone, please look at Nadia. She did it correctly. This is how it's supposed to be done. Yes, she started to push herself up. She was grabbed by them, and she started struggling and screaming correctly. Yes. Thank you, Nadia. They should have had her go first and been like, and that's a how you do that's it. That's how you do. Yeah. Um, before the controllers can actually take Cassie away, a lion runs up and knocks one of the controllers into the liquid, and then Cassie herself pushes the other one in. <laughs> um, she did. There's a really rough shot of, again, the hork and standing in front of the cage. Tobias is Just also there. there. Yeah. Doesn't even do anything. Tobias is kind of, like, standing, or, like, flying towards the camera, but... You can tell he's been like superimposed from a different piece of footage. I don't know. It's it's absolutely. quite bad. Absolutely, it's so bad. There's absolutely no work done for the distance. And like the thing that kills me is like they're on an enclosed stage at this point. There's absolutely no reason you couldn't have gotten a shot of the bird in there, other than they probably weren't there that day. They filmed it on a different day than they had the animals on set. Blah 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 blah. But like, oh god, 
it's just so bad. Yeah. It's just so bad. I mean, talk about transportation of animals, though. If there's one animal that's easy to transport, it's birds. You can fit them in a car without a trailer. Yeah. Like, get them in there for that day. <laughs> cut some other... Cut the morphing sequence that you did with Christopher to the hawk and just give us a good hawk shot. Yeah. Like, we'll we'll make the connection. We don't need a morphing sequence every... Like, I realize that as part of the Animorphs Bible, they wanted a at least one very intense descriptive morphing sequence in every book i think they should have made the executive decision to cut that from the show sometimes and give us a better Mm -hmm. animal scene to give us no morphing sequence yeah just a decision i would have made were i working on this tv show (laughs) which we should be as we've established already (laughs) yes obviously obviously we should be working on this (laughs) um so tobias is like You've got Visor 3 to your right and two Horkbajir behind you. Um, and the No, you don't. No, you don't. The Horkbajir in question is standing there like a fucking idiot, not moving at all. Um, None. Not moving at all. Rachel's like, thanks, Tobias. And then, again, another shot of Visor 3's head, again, with no context as to where he actually is in this scene, is like, what the fuck nope. is going on down there? Um Marco somehow sneaks into the control room and somehow knows the exact switch to press to disable the laser cages. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everybody starts running out of the cage. They trample the hork bajir. They knock that guy to the ground and run over him like a fucking cartoon. Oh Jesus my God. Christ. Oh my God. Yeah. So they trample him. Um, he's down. Everybody just starts, like, panicking and running out of the pool. Except some people just aren't moving at all, which was also very no. weird. Um, Jake ducks behind a wall and morphs into the tiger. Um, some random dude runs up. I don't know who this guy- The tiger handler. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Abs- it's a thousand percent. I'm telling you right now, based on the way that that tiger runs out and looks at him, that is the tiger. Oh yeah. It's like looking up and like running alongside him and stuff. Oh my God. Yes. But like within the context of the show, like we don't know who this dude is. Like we don't know if he's a controller or if he's a victim. Um, Tiger handler. Tiger handler. (laughs) Anyway, he sees a tiger. He freaks out. He runs in the other direction. And Jake, who is now an adult tiger, I believe, um, starts like chasing him. Um, And it's the cutest thing. That tiger... He's just like, wee, daddy. He's like, I get to run. This is so fun. I'm doing work. (laughs) Sweet baby cats. Um, Chapman yells at another controller to shut the door leading out of the Yerk pool. They run through. Cassie barely squeezes through. It's like fucking Indiana Jones. Like, good job, Cassie. Um, Mm -hmm. Chapman's like, where did they go? Did anyone see their faces? Um, Jake sneaks out from behind the wall and runs up the stairs and Chapman kind of sees his back half and he's like, no, hey, come back here. Um, Jake reaches the door, finds it closed and is like, oh shit. Chapman reaches the door to find no one. And then we see a little lizard run through the door and Chapman is like, okay, no one's here. And then he turns around slowly and looks at something off screen and he starts pleading, no, we did our best. And Visor 3 says, you have failed once again. And then, like, Force chokes him. And Chapman yes. screams and the screen goes black. Yep. Like, literally, like, grabs him around the throat. <sighs> yep. That's exactly what happened. And the only thing that's worse is the following scene. <sighs> yeah. 
Yep. So, we're back above ground. We're outside. We are on Gillen Court. The sign is taking up like 75% of the screen for some fucking reason. No fucking reason at all. No need. There's none. None. Uh, kids are running down the street. They are panting. Jake asks Marco if he's okay because he's doubled over. And Marco's narration starts playing over and he's like, yeah, I wish I could be a regular kid again. But when I saw all the others trapped and controlled, I knew I was one of the lucky ones. Um, Rachel's like, man, that was wild. And Cassie's like, I'm glad you're all okay. And Jake's like, Tom's not okay. Not okay. Um, you wear me out. <laughs> uh, um, Cassie's like, don't worry, Jake, we'll get him back. And Marco's like, Tobias saved my bacon again. Like, thanks, man. And inexplicably, there's a hawk just, like, sitting on the signpost. And At night. At night. At night. Hanging out with them on a signpost at night. Hawk does not respond. Rachel's like, Tobias? And Jake's like, that's not him. And Marco's like, you mean I've been talking to a bird this whole way back? And it's like, guys, that's, that's him. No other hawk. Like, what are the chances that there's another fucking Harris hawk that's flying next to you and hanging out with you at night? I don't know. But you know what? The only thing that could possibly be worse than that is once you realize it's not your friend. It's nighttime, dark outside. All the people are in their homes around you. You turn around and all four of you start screaming Tobias as you walk down <laughs> that street. Good thing that didn't happen next. Oh my god, except it does. They're like, that's, it does. that's not Tobias. And then they all start saying like, oh no, do you think something happened to him? And Jake's like, don't worry, Rachel, I'm sure he made it out. And his little Canadian accent slipped and I loved it. Oh my God, I died when he did. I was like, oh my God, that happens to me too. I'm sure he made it out. I'm sure he made it out. He was fine. But I loved that so much. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love accent slips. Um, So yeah, they're all like, (laughs) oh no, Tobias, Tobias. And they all start screaming his name and walking down the road for like 30 seconds. They're all just like, Tobias, 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 Tobias. And it's so much and I hate it. They say it so often and it's like, if, He's morphed. And they're all looking up, too. That's the other thing. So we're going to go ahead and assume that they all assume that he's a bird right now who's morphed. He will see them long before they see him. He will hear them long before they hear him. So there is no reason to go down a street at night when you're trying to stay undercover screaming, Tobias, 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 Tobias. Because that's how they do it. And it's so fucking annoying. Yep. What a note to end the episode on. I know. I <laughs> wished it weren't so bad. Ugh. Tobias is and then dead. Then we cut to the, like, Tobias is dead. Then we cut to, like, the super, like, uh, they added, like, um, an echo thing onto the thing. So we hear the, like, dun, 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 dun. But it's, like, super echoey. It's, like, yeah. It's great. Yep. That's episode three. Underground. The underground. They went underground. Underground for sure. They were definitely below the surface. Subterra. God, the yerk pool is so bad. So bad. Man, if they had just like gotten to a quarry, like even if it wasn't enclosed, if they filmed in a quarry at night with like yeah. a couple bright spotlights, that would have been like That's all you perfect. need. That's all you need. And you know what? The equipment's already there. Uh-huh. They're not working in the quarry at night. 
theoretically i don't really know about shift work in quarries i'm sorry i just made that assumption <laughs> assuming they could like rent out a corner of the quarry at night they could create like a small pool even if the effects were as shitty as they were directed the people just slightly better i mean that could have been a really cool distressing scene even though the horkbizer still sucked Ugh. like that and you know what would have been very cool in this scene hmm. that i think they should have spent the time and money is um finding a deep tunnel and adding like some sort of effects even if it like especially actually if it was manual effects and sound effects for the taxon burrowing down in the oh, tunnels and not oh. knowing what that was yeah um that and especially like if they walk past it and they're like oh my god it smells like rotting meat and if they can just see at the end of the tunnel like all you'd have to do is take like a tarp over like uh one of those like dog tunnels that dogs can run through uh-huh. and put like some sort of like shiny glossy like lubricant on the outside oh. and then just have it like moving and you can just barely kind of see the glean at the end of the tunnel mm. with the noise of like scratching scrabbling and like eating and chewing hell yeah and that would have been like a very cool shot to add in. And then you know what? Take the Horkbizer out and just add that shot of the Taxons in there. Fuck yeah! You got yourself. You got yourself a shot right there. It kind of makes me wonder if they'll do the Taxon for the rest of the show. No, they don't. I not that I remember. It's possible that they do, but I I don't ever remember seeing the Taxon. Do they just like cut them out completely? They they don't even mention them. I think so. Okay. They might mention them, but I don't. I don't think we ever see anything come. I could be totally wrong because I've already misremembered so much of the show. <laughs> um, because it's been even longer since I've like really watched this mm-hmm. than like read the books. So yeah, I don't really remember. But okay. I don't ever think we see a taxon. Good, because I suck. <laughs> yeah, their horkbijs are so bad. Yeah, oh, I can't imagine a taxon. <sighs> Um, should we rate our characters and our actors? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Jake uh, and Sean. I I feel like I liked Jake more in this episode. Yeah. This so far was a lot of my favorite Jake moments, especially the like between him and Marco. Yeah. Were brilliant. Uh, and then Sean was just delightful. Sean was fucking amazing throughout this whole thing. <laughs> Like, all of those kids have had some crazy-ass lines and situations thrown at them, Mm -hmm. and they have just, for the most part, risen to the occasion. There's a few moments where I'm like, ooh, nobody explained to them what this was about. But, like, for the most part, they've risen to the occasion, and they've done great work. Well, and he's had to act opposite of Tom. Like, I can imagine that, you know, it's like Cassie's mom in the last episode. It's like, when you're trying to do something and the other person's not, like, quite meeting you... Uh-huh. If you can just like power for, power through, then you know, that's great. And I think yeah. Sean absolutely did that. Sean has absolutely powered through. Every single one of them, had well, Sean and Boris more than the others, but they have absolutely had to power through mm-hmm. this. And the interactions with Tom, just oh my god. Yeah, Brooke had to power through it as well, actually. So let's add her to the. Mm-hmm credit for having to power through acting with the actor that played <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I say five for both jake and sean i was gonna say the exact same thing cool so let's move on to uh, rachel? rachel slash Brooke. fucking fives fives oh my god fives so good <sighs> seeing with her and tobias i had so many emotions <laughs> she was amazing 
And, like, she's acting with all these fucking close-up shots on her face, so the only thing we have to pay attention to is, like, not even body language, just facial expressions, and she and Christopher both nailed Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, fives and fives. Yeah. And, of course, that leads us right into Tobias slash Christopher. Christopher. I'm never going to not make that joke. (laughs) Christopher. Christopher. I wish you would never stop. Ugh. Just. Okay. This is, like, probably going to be our last, like, big look at human Tobias. Like, I know we see him later as, like, you know, flashbacks and shit. But, like, this is our last chance with, like, human Tobias. And he -hmm. was not being creepy for once. He was just being pretty normal he was so sweet and wonderful yeah it's like finally this is the tobias that i was expecting yeah for sure so i i loved it i loved everything about it. it's like he just finally got somebody to play with in the space that like reacted in a normal way (laughs) and like he just like hit his stride yeah (laughs) because the other scenes have all been so weird because like every time we see him it was like him ignoring Rachel to point out the spaceship. Him interacting with Elfangor. Him talking to Jake and Marco who are having different conversations mm-hmm. in the same... Like, he's never had, like, a really normal scene to interact with. Yeah. Like, he just did great when he was finally given that chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Aww. Uh, so cute. Yeah. Uh, they were adorable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess we talk about Cassie slash Nadja. I, we got Cassie in her element in this episode, mm-hmm. where even though she wasn't making the greatest calls as, like, a person who works with animals and is letting her friends go in the cages with the big cats, um... Yeah, not the best call. But I still thought, like, you know, her, like, walking walking them through, like, how to morph and, like, you know, this is how you deal with the tiger and, like, this. these are the signs to look for if the tiger's about to attack you and blah, blah, blah. Like, totally yep. Cassie in her element. Yep. And all the other characters looking at her, like, what the I fuck? love and that! Just, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, she did great. And, again, Nadia as the only one actually acting what it's like to oh get into an infestation period. Yeah. Cool. Shit. So... <laughs> So yeah, yeah, fives for sure. Fives for sure. And if it hadn't been for the Rachel Tobias scene, she would have been my favorite in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm so sorry. I just have to love on that Tobias Rachel scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about our our friend Boris. <sighs> yeah, I just I love that scene with his dad. The scene with his dad and the scene just like. I, my heart swelled 10 sizes. The scene where they were talking about the barbed wire uh-huh. and he got so mad. And then he just turns to Jake. He's like, my bad, bro. And they just have this bro-y moment I love it. where it's, it's like what I bitched about for so long. Like we don't see the friendship. Of course that was between Rachel and Cassie, but like, say I had said it about Jake and Marco. They were just so purely friends in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, like, they had clearly worked on this, like, little snippet of this scene and, like, what they were going to do together. And it was so adorable. Oh. <laughs> oh, I loved that. Yeah, that and with his dad. He did great work talking about talking to his dad. I just, oh. I, I, just, I just want, like, a teen show where they're all just teens having problems and... 
Yes. I don't, like, get rid of all this alien shit and, and these animals. I just want them to stay out. Because I bet they do a really good <laughs> yeah. job. Because those are my favorite parts of, of the show so far. Is, like, the interactions I, with yeah. family and the interactions, like, between each other. Like, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That seems to be where their strengths really lie. Yeah. And, like, oh, man, a part of it is, like, the parts that we don't like are just so unobtainable for a TV show yeah. and a TV show with a small budget. And, like, yeah. it sucks that we're reacting so badly to it because it's, like, I want to excuse it away, but it's such a detriment to what's going on that, like, it actively detracts. It Like, it can't just be, like, a neutral thing. It yeah. actively takes away from the show. Yeah. And it sucks because they do make some good choices. Like, the shadows on the wall when, when mm-hmm. Alfangor's being killed. And, like, when they do, like, the very practical effects with, like, the horses for the Andalite legs. Like, they're just... They can't seem to get it together. Yeah. And, like, whoever's running the camera work just needs to go back to school for, like, another decade. I just... I'm still so baffled. It's, like, some of the things in the show are so good and others are so bad and maybe this is on the director to like oversee everything but like it's so inconsistent like the things that are bad are really bad (sighs) yeah i mean there's just i don't know if there's enough content here to have like multi-producer shoots like we're not filming lord of the rings here it's not like we have three camera sites going on at once sure I'm just hard-pressed to believe that, like, the director could not be on site for 90% of this. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. But Marco and Boris get fives. All, the, all yeah, that is to get... say. <laughs> Sorry. All that to say, they get fives. Yeah. Everybody gets a five except for Tom. Yeah, Tom gets a zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just... God. I think... I think it would have been really important to establish Tom as, like, an actual seemingly normal, seemingly likable guy that Mm -hmm. we then, you know, later realize is infested and we actually feel bad for him. But no, the fact that he's a creep right off the bat is like, I don't care that you're infested. You suck. Like, Yeah, exactly. We never, like, that was what was so heartbreaking about the books is because everything that we know about Tom is, like, he is a great guy. Mm -hmm. And he's a wonderful brother, and he's so sweet to his family, and that's why it's heartbreaking when he's infested. But the only Tom we know here is, like, the slightly creepy, doesn't quite pick up on social cues, very distressing Tom. Yeah. And I hate that, like, ah, he should have been just, like, a normal, nice dude until we find out and are heartbroken that he's a control. Like, if the reveal in that closet had have happened, like, if we had have thought Tom was normal and nice and sweet... And then Chapman steps into the closet and says, is everything ready? Mm-hmm. And we see Tom Turner. That would have been a great reveal. Yeah. So why the fuck do we do all this like early legwork when we haven't even established who he is as a character yet? Yeah. I don't agree with the choice. No, I don't agree with several choices that were made here. But whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I love that all of the main actors and actresses are working so hard. They're just knocking it out of the park. Yeah, they're so good. And you know what? Chapman does a pretty good job for what he's dealt. Yeah, again. I don't want to knock him either. Again, he has to play kind of a cartoon villain, but I think he does a pretty good job with what he has. 
Yeah, I think so, too. He's doing it. Like, he had to yell, you filthy animals, like, 15 times. And he gave us a different take that actually made us think he didn't like lizards every single time. Like, that man's man's doing the work. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got. (laughs) That's all I got, too. All right. All right. Let's let's, uh, get the fuck out of here. Let's talk about where... You can email me your love of all of these actors and actresses. <laughs> and that address is anonymousanimorphs at <laughs> There's also the Facebook group, which is just an Animorphs Anonymous, or our super secret, super awesome Andalite Bandalites group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Um, if you want to tweet at me, where I apparently will get into fights with other Animorphs podcasts, <laughs> and I don't mean fights on Twitter, I mean we're going to physically meet up in a parking lot and beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> you can do that at Animorphs Anon. And if you want to check out all of the shitty images I create for this podcast, it's on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous. Um, if you want to listen to our podcast, we've done all the books and... Obviously, we're just getting into the TV show. Please go listen to our podcast and all the books we did. Uh, you can find that wherever podcasts are provided by the yes. magical podcast gods, including... We made it to Amazon! We're on Amazon now! <laughs> as well as, like, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and yeah, all that jazz. Anywhere you look, we are there for you. Yeah, pretty okay. much. And we're working on the places where we aren't, so we should be there soon. We're universal! Pretty much. Talk about our cool server. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I we... demand it. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I'm missing something. <laughs> um, you can also join our Discord server where we hang out and talk about Animorphs daily with other cool people. Um, if you want the link to that, you can email us or message us on one of our social media apps and we will get you the link to that. Please come join us. Yes. It's fun. It is fun. Or if you know, like, somebody else in the Discord, they can get you the link, too. But, yeah, it is very fun, and I'm amazed at how much uh, daily activity there is on there. Yeah. It's been pretty fucking awesome. And everybody who's on the Discord, you're super cool. Here's your special shout-out. You guys all rock. Wee. Anyways, if I'm sick of all of this content, and I'm just thinking, like, hey, I really want a nice fucking book slash comic to curl up with and read, where can I find a good one? Well, I, for instance, have one. It is a webcomic. It's called Beside You. You can go read that at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. Uh, please go read it. It is free to read. And if you subscribe to my Patreon, Patreon, like Alex does, uh, you can get yes. early pages. I'm many pages ahead from what I'm posting publicly, so you can go get that. Um if you enjoyed that little snippet of nerds talking about a comic book, you can find another podcast with nerds talking about comic books, and that one includes me some of the time. It's from Cadmus to Crisis. This is a Superboy podcast where I and David and Drew, who did our Alternomorphs book, the second one, yep, um, they talk about Superboy. And I get on there, and I'm confused, and I don't know what's happening, and I do voices. <laughs> And then sometimes I talk about Free Willy on that podcast because I'm clearly (laughs) incapable of not talking about Free Willy at all times. You haven't talked about Free Willy in this episode. Yes, I have. I talked about the Finn CGI. Christ. I cannot stop talking about (laughs) Free Willy. 
Um, but also, I do the voice for uh, Knockout, who's an awesome superhero babe slash exotic dancer. She's amazing. Sometimes I do the voice of Supergirl. I was the voice of the Triumvirate, which was my favorite role, and sometimes other people. So anyways, come check that out. Cat Crisis. I think that's all. I'm going to go Oops. eat Thai food. I'm going to go not eat Thai food, but I will have Thai food tomorrow, maybe. Oh, we'll see. okay. That, that brings right. me joy. Good. I want to Marie Kondo me into your life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see Um, everyone next week for episode four. Maybe Axe will be in this one. Hopefully. I don't know. Yes. Well, this podcast no longer gives me joy, so I'm leaving. Goodbye. All right. Bye.